Skankit. So, this is part of the uh, Scott Free trilogy, right? You're asking yourself what that is. Scott's going to be away for three episodes, and obviously films quite often come in trilogies. So we've got the first part, second part, and the third. Okay. Much like a trilogy is. So you're the second. Uh-huh. Michael Kelly was the first last week. And you're the second. So really, what I want to ask is, how do you feel about the second instalment of a trilogy? Uh, always the best one. Yeah? Is that because you are the second instalment? No, it's got nothing to do with me. Um, just Home Alone 2, Toy Story 2, Back to the Future, Terminator 2. Terminator 2 is a good, that's a good shout. Just the best ones. Are, and first worst, second best. Yeah. Third one with the hairy chest. Second is usually the best. Or is the third the one with the treasure chest? Oh, I don't know. I've always said hairy chest. Mm, sometimes people say treasure chest. Maybe the is it better maybe to be the best? Maybe treasure chest full of hairy chests. Oh, maybe. But if it was filled with treasure, would it be better to be second? Would it be better to be the best or the one with the treasure chest? Obviously, the best because treasure to some people is very different to treasure to a lot of people. Like you probably treasure some of your mugs, but. I'd rather be the best than have some of your mugs. Yeah, but what if the treasure's just gold and jewels? I don't know. It's not a risk I'd be willing to take. I'd still be the best. Plus, there's so much stuff you could do if you were the best. You'd be like the best tennis player in the world. And then you'd be a millionaire. That's fair enough. But then you've got second installments of um, trilogies that aren't as good. Like Matrix Reloaded. It's not as good as the first but- one. If they just hadn't made the first film, then the second film would be better. So <laughs> just look at it that way. So if they hadn't just made the first, the first film. if they hadn't made the first film, the second, which would then proactively become the first, would, would then be, be the best one. Yeah. So you're saying you're better than Michael Kelly? Well, I've always said that. But yeah. I hope you're listening, Michael Kelly. Sorry, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty much my catchphrase. I am better than Michael Kelly. Uh, you do often. You have a t-shirt to that effect, if I recall. I didn't wear it today because I thought that would be a little bit on the nose, pretentious on a podcast. And, yeah. All right. And oh yeah, no one could see it. That is a thought. That's some heavy thinking right there. But I could make some more if you want to buy one, or I just make one for you. <laughs> I guess that uh, um, a brand of better than Michael and, Kelly t-shirts. Anti Michael Kelly clothing line. Yeah. Get some badges. Aye. Michael Kelly's also the name of an actor who uh, is on House of Cards. Also sounds like a dancer. Michael like, Kelly. Yeah. Be- just be a good dancer name. The character of Michael uh, Michael Kelly plays on House of Cards is not really a dancer. He's like a really stern... He's the chief of staff at the president and he's like... He's really stern and he's really... You get stern dancers though, like... Um, but this like... is this is a guy you couldn't imagine dancing remotely. Right, okay, they're my favourite kind of dancers. Yeah? Because so you're like, then... look at that guy, he's definitely not a dancer. And then, like, he, starts... <laughs> and then he turns out to be a dancer the whole time. And then time. he's an incredible dancer and you're like, oh, I wasn't expecting that from you. And that just makes you a better dancer. That's a good point. The best dancers are the ones you don't suspect. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is a genuinely good point. Thank you. Glad I got you on. So we have an introduction. Okay. Like there is, a, we have it like a set of introduction. Uh, I feel like the 
the problem with getting these guests on that aren't Scott Morrison is I have to explain the podcast to them. Okay. Um, well, okay. Do you listen to the podcast? Are you an avid? I have listened to the podcast. All right. What's your favorite episode? The one that's not about films. <laughs> <laughs> the one that's about Scott getting angry at his tenants in his old flat. Ah, uh, his tenants. <laughs> not his. <laughs> not his. The tenants. <laughs> And the people upstairs, yeah. The people That's upstairs. the one that was videoed. Did you upstairs. just watch it on YouTube? Oh, what? Yeah. No, I didn't know that. I watched it on... I listened to it on... Oh, wait, no, no, no. We didn't upload that section. We ups- we uploaded the section about film Q&As. Oh, no, I've never watched any filmed ones. No, oh, well, we did film one of them. Yeah, I'll look forward to that. Yeah, check out on uh, YouTube if you're a, a bored listener. <laughs> Very bored. You're bored enough to turn on this podcast. And you're thinking, I might be bored enough to go to YouTube and look it out. There's a big name, though. Probably what drawn people in. Aye, obviously. Becky Kirkness. So I'll, I'll go through the introduction. and You can evaluate it on um, what scale of one to five of what, what you think of it, like a film star review. Okay. Imagine you, are, right now, you're Empire. Right. And or just Becky Kirkness on a you're Becky Kirkness. film podcast review. Aye, working Show. for Empire. Okay. And you're about to give this... So what podcast. you're saying is I should think more about this introduction and give that more thought than the review for the film that we just watched. Well, you could, because but I, I'm only just talking about the intro and then it passes and then we'll move on to the <laughs> So you don't have <laughs> okay. to overthink okay. this. Okay. What's up, people of Peopleton? Welcome to Second Opinion Movie Podcast. I'm your host, Danny Jones, and with me, Becky Kirkness. Can you hear the smashing, Becky Kirkness? Um, the the smashing. Yeah, it's uh, really the smash. smash Don't smashy. cut yourself on the the glass ceiling that was just broken because you, Becky Kirkness, are our first female guest. Oh my god! I've always wanted to break through a big ceiling of glass. Yeah. No, I haven't really. That no. Hurt. You you you're in the a metaphorical <laughs> glass ceiling. Fucked. Oh. It lo- it looks a lot cooler in movies, doesn't it? Breaking through glass. I don't know. That looks pretty. That looked pretty cool. Well, when you broke through I'll, it there. Yeah, there's, it's made just such a mess, but a positive mess. Yeah, you're our first female listener. Um, <laughs> uh, sorry, to listen probably, probably are. Probably are. First. You're our first female guest. Uh, me and Scott don't actually know any females, so what I did for I lose away, I went out into the street. Uh, I asked every single female I could see, would you want to come to my flat and get on a podcast? And you're the first one that said yes, so oh, welcome to the show. How many did you ask? Um... And did you explain to them what the the glass ceiling would be broken if they were on it? Cause I did. They, none of them were sold on the glass lines. ceiling. Like, um, I don't know, I'm trying to think of other female heroes who have broken glass ceilings. I was going to say Margaret Thatcher, but... There's an obvious I one. I never want to compare myself. There's a really obvious one this week. Ah, oh, of course. The Doc. Yeah. The good old Doc. We're, this week, this has been recorded uh, just on the announcement there's been a female Doctor Who. A basically Jodie Whittaker. That's a 50-year-old glass ceiling broken. God, the ceiling I broke through is only like a few months old. What, second opinion? <laughs> yeah. I'll have you know that's a year oh, old. Oh shit, that's still, that's well, a year. That's still quite a big... Um... Although the, the, part, the, the idea of second opinion has been around in some form for the last two, three years. You were there on the night it was come up, came up with. Oh, no way. It was come up How with weird that I was there... 
the night that you thought of a podcast and then you you... didn't know who I was and I just happened to be a person (laughs) on the street that That, said yeah that was that was weird that's coincidental um that ended up like that um no me and Scott were at the pub and you were there too we were talking about it was I can't remember it's the one just outside central it's got like evil dead painted on the Uh, side solid rock is that solid rock or is that one further up or maybe it is solid rock Oh, I can't remember. It's no, the one. The one I'm thinking of is um, Rufus T's, I think. Oh yeah. Um, yes, Solid Rock. Uh, we've got a t-shirt and a cap. Yeah, we won the pub quiz. Uh, Good times. Scott got an eye patch. Oh yeah. Uh, this is the Has origin Scott story. Scott got the eye patch. I, probably. Has Scott's eye patch ever been mentioned before on Second Opinion? No. This is the origin story of Second Opinion. Oh wow. Oh. And Scott's not here to. Uh, oh my help god! So sorry it. for taking that away from you, Scott. We were watching Godzilla on TV. And Scott was like, ah, fucking idiot. And um, he might not have been that aggressive. And I was like, I don't mind the Godzilla, the recent Godzilla. And we talked about it. And then at that point, it was like, hey, should do a podcast where one of us attacks and one of us defends. And um, that was probably about three, almost four years ago now. Uh, in that pub. It was Guy Fawkes Night. Uh, we just oh, went yeah, to, we went to see the fireworks. We just went to see the fireworks. Oh, that was a good display. That's the origin story of Second Opinion. Then we went for a video that, phase. Was that not the night Scott got really drunk and slapped you across the face after singing uh, songs from Les Mis and no, skipping No, that down. was Oktoberfest. And also many oh, other times in which yes. he slapped you in the face. Really <laughs> Scott's got really big hands. Many he other won't times. appreciate this because he's not here to defend himself. <laughs> but Scott has big <laughs> hands and when they slap across the face, they hit the whole face. Good, good old slap hand Scott. I know what you're thinking because it's a very feminist, so, so focused um, podcast here. Because the glass scene, glass scene has been broken. I shouldn't just take domestic drunken abuse from <laughs> Scott Morrison. <laughs> you're so much better than that. I, I want to rise above it, but you know, I, I love him. I mean, you know what he gets like on Stella. I know he's, he's like he's, he doesn't mean it. Like he's kind-hearted, at, you know. Heart. At heart, yeah. It's just when he when he has some of those Stellas. Exactly. It's not even the real him. Cool. Fair. I love that for the first ever um, female... There's only ever been four people on it, so I feel... Oh, has there been more than four people? There's been me, Scott, William, Michael Kelly, Michael Dart, and Jamie Oh my Boyle. god, that's so many people. Oh, what an honour. But I really like that um, I got to use the naked lady pen for my... First ever Second Opinion podcast. So my notes pen has got naked women on it. When you turn it upside down, you see everything. <laughs> so, you were so enthusiastic bring Oops. it though, Becky, so I didn't I mean, want to take it away from you. It's a really cool pen. I might steal it. <laughs> I can only hope I'll be on a pen one day. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was podcasting part- right there. Okay. My, I hate, it's not I hate Michael Kelly, it's I'm better than Michael Kelly. Line, could have pens. Yeah, I could have Just pens. Have mouse mats? Yeah. Not many people use mouse mats. No, they're, I feel like they're dying. Um, but you know, if you want the mouse mat. Or maybe, I don't know, biscuit tins. Limited edition biscuit tin. Good biscuit tin, everyone likes a good Tobacco biscuit. tin. Another dying one, literally. Well, it's, yeah, rest in peace smoking. Um, so the guest of the podcast traditionally 
picks the film. Do you want to introduce people? Well, from the title of the podcast, will know what film it is. But do you okay. want to introduce it? Um, Home Alone Five. Home Alone Five. Holiday Heist. Home Home Alone Five. Holiday Heist. So, the rumor on the street is you've got strong opinions on the first Home Alone film. Um. Yeah, you could say that. What's your strong opinions? That if Home Alone's not your favorite film. Are you even a human? Or the second one, because actually, I'm not going to go into it too much, but Home Alone 2 is probably better than Home Alone 1. Do you think Home Alone 2 is better than Home Alone 1? I might. I don't yeah. know. I changed... I, something I changed my mind on. Do you like, not think, like... Like, I get... Because I, it's like, you get, like, the... When you're talking about trilogies and stuff, because like, this is this is fitting, rather, you being the um, second instalment. Because sometimes the problem with the second instalment in certain trilogies is it basically does the first one again. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes sequels, because when you're making a sequel to a film, you either go in a completely direction, different direction, and alienate why people liked the first one, or do it again, and um, do it better. Piss off. No, well, you could do it again, but better. But like, if you're doing the same story again, you kind of piss off people who are like, "Well, that's just the first film again. What's the point?" Case in point: the Hangover films. Have you seen one yeah, and two? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The like the first Hangover, you're like. This is a cool romp. Oh, and, yeah, so yeah. And the second hangover, you're like, that's just the, the same, same film. Same yeah. So, but like, you'd think that would be the problem with Home Alone 2. But Home Alone 2 does change it up a bit. Yeah, by totally not being different. By not being set in a home. Yeah, he's in one, he's in his own house. And in the second one, he's in New York. They couldn't be further apart. <laughs> well, I mean, if you don't know the film, like unless he yeah, lived in New York. But he doesn't. He lives in Chicago, um, so he's lost in a big city on his own. That's much way different to being lost in your house. But they do go through the. Um, there is like similar stuff in the fact that they go through the mentor thing. There's a he has to learn to understand um, that this stranger is. You know, this is speaking from a person who hasn't seen either of them for a wee while now, so I'm going mm-hmm. off of vague memory. Uh-huh. But there's the mentor character who's like a stranger. Um, the who actually saves them saves them in the end yeah. that's the same yeah, yeah. there's the traps at the end it's even the same robbers yeah uh, from the first one mm-hmm. to the second one which caused them so much grief <laughs> what's the coincidence that they would be at New York now I know it's yeah New York's just where it's all happening especially uh, around the holidays aye uh, it's a popular Christmas destination who else is in New York in uh, Home Alone 2 it might taint your uh, your memory of it. Uh, so many people. Is that the one with Donald Trump? That's the one with Donald Trump. Because um, it's in New York. And Trump's in New York. Boy. Where is he again? At the hotel? Yeah. Is it is it his hotel? No, it's the Hilton, is it not? I can't remember. That was just the one that jumped into my head. It's a fancy one, anyway. Yeah, it's a fancy hotel, but he's in it. Which is kind of strange, isn't it? Yeah, he's also in Little Rascals. He's in, he's in, a, he's in a fair few. It's bizarre. He's in a. Recently, I rewatched The Fresh Prince of Bel Air. What happens when you're rich, like Ed Sheeran in Game of Thrones? Ooh. Is that because he's rich? Gets all the cameos. Yeah, it must be. Or maybe he's just really good friends with. Game of Thrones. With with all yeah. With the the book a friend of the game. Aye. Uh, Ed Sheeran was on the recent episode of Game of Thrones and it's been so unpopular that he's had to delete his Twitter account due to criticism. 
can't imagine like I haven't seen it, so I can't imagine how bad it could possibly be. I just, ugh, as much as I would love to have a cameo appearance in Home Alone 2, I don't think it would be worth all the fame that preceded it. Like, if I, if I was so famous, I could just be in Home Alone 2 if I wanted to be. And that's the joke. Because that is the joke, because he asks Donald Trump for directions. The kid asks an adult for directions for something, and Donald Trump gives him the directions. And the joke is, it's Donald Trump. Because that's the same with the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. And the Fresh Prince of um, Bel-Air, um, they're thinking about selling the house. Someone big, some big person. Or like tall, like Uncle no, Jeffrey. No, 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 not, not big, literally, like big more, some sort of big high tycoon, mm-hmm. some sort of New Yorker boy, uh, wants to buy Bel-Air, Bel-Air, the, the, the house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and... Uh, they don't Bellary know who it is, Castle. but he 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 um, gives offers them a lot of money, um, and they're like consider it. They consider it, and then it comes in, and it turns out to be Donald Trump. What well, cunt? Am I allowed to say that word? Yeah, I mean we don't have a century. Um, you might be not only the first female listener, but the first <gasps> the person to have said that. Actually, I don't know. Oh, I'm smashing through so many roofs right now. Aye, you broke that glass ceiling with a sea bomb. <laughs> I just won't tell you. I actually, maybe, I can't remember. I couldn't tell you off the top of my head if someone's ever said, um, come, let's just. Well, you on. just become the second person. Yeah, second person. Oh, no, I take it all back. <laughs> <laughs> Edit it out. No, we won't. We won't listen. <laughs> you're listening to this, so you know we haven't. Becky of the future, if you're listening to this, oh, God, we didn't edit it out. I'm so sorry. Um, I don't even say that word. I don't even swear, actually. Yeah, so he tries to buy the Fresh Prince. So that's him. And that's kind of the joke as well, because it comes in and it's Donald Trump. Like, it, that's, he's the, the joke of it. He's so famous. He's so iconic for what he does that, like, his presence is the joke in some of these 90s stuff. Yeah, his presence is a bit of a joke, isn't it? It really is. A really embarrassing one. <laughs> not even funny, like... Not, like, the jokes that you get in Christmas crackers at Christmas are not always hilarious, and Donald Trump is even less funny than those. He is kind of hilarious, though. Don't you think so? Just well, like, actually, yeah, okay. Because like when you when he does stuff, and you're like, oh, Donald, no, what are you like? That's stupid. <sighs> like his legal team will spend like days trying to patch up um, his his media image. Ah, oh, like some even some of like it's not a travel band. It's not a travel band. It's not. We assure you, it's not a travel band. And he just goes on Twitter and two seconds says, it's a travel band. I don't care what they say. And you're like. It must be exhausting to be his PA and his lawyer right but, now. Yeah. But that's diversion. Home Alone 2. It, there's some uh-huh. things the same as Home Alone 1. Yeah. And other things different. Mm-hmm. Home Alone 3. How much do you remember of that one? Um, if it's the... Oh, I, can, I always get them mixed up, 3 and 4. See, I've What's not seen one, 4. Is 3 the one where he's got the... Like his dad's super rich and he doesn't like his stepmom. That and doesn't sound familiar in a at all. And he gets like a remote control airplane. No, that must be four because three okay. has Russian spies. I feel like I'd have to Google Home Alone 3. Three, have I, this is really stretched memory, by the way, really stretched memory. Three is where um, they are after this microchip of some sort. Oh, that, see that now that does ring a bell. And there it's, he hide, the kid hides it in the RC, I think. 
and he's been left home alone. What's an RC? Like a, a remote control car. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, he's been left alone because of uh, he's sick and his mum has to go to work and she can't look after him. As I mean, a, that does ring a bell. All the reasons they're left alone. And the first one, he's left alone because he's not taken on holiday. Yeah. Second uh-huh. one, he's left alone because... Um, he, get, he veers off at the airport. He veers off at the airport. Gets on the wrong Third flight. one, it's because he's ill. Uh-huh. And his mum can't look after him. Fourth one, I have no idea. Do you remember how they... Uh, why he was home alone on the fourth no. one? I think it's... No, I don't remember. And we'll get to the fifth one in a second, why they're left alone in the yeah, fifth one. Yeah, it might have been a trick. I can't remember. I just remember he didn't like his dad's girlfriend. I, I didn't even know they made five. I thought they made as far as three. Yeah, no, I knew about four. Um, five was, yeah, news to me. Yeah, because that's what we watched today. Home Alone 5. Uh-huh. Uh, if you've not heard of Home Alone 5 Holiday Heist, <laughs> it's probably because it's a TV movie, isn't it? Uh, yeah. It's a, so it yeah. was specifically made for TV. Um, so the Home Alone series has the same situation as the Divergent series. Where the last movie was made for TV. It's not really a thing to bring up, but apparently I did. Um, it's also got the most... It's reading on to the end, but the most beautiful roundup, I think, of any film series ever. It was just stunning. Do you think this is the for the Home Alone series? Yeah, I think it was so beautifully rounded <laughs> up. How could they... I don't know what I'm speaking about. How could they... Um, well... We'll get to the end. The, I'll start off by summarising Home Alone 5. Home Alone 5 follows this family of four. Uh, Mum, dad, um, little brother and older sister. Uh, they are moving to Maine. Uh, that's setting over every Stephen King novel ever. Um, they move to their new house. This old, um, big old house. And um, they're trying to get settled in. It, um, but it turns out Mountain McDowell said that name right, haven't I? Mm. Yeah, um, he is like looking for an old painting of an old bootlegger named Deadleg Jim. Was that his name? Deadleg Jim. Uh, it was Deadleg something. Figured. He had a dead leg anyway. Yeah, the Deadleg man. He was an old bootlegger, and it, the house that the family had moved into just so happens to be the house that was old bootleggers, and he has kept a secret uh, a painting. A valuable eighty-five million. Eighty-five million, yeah. Painting in um, a secret room in the basement of this um, house. So they need to break into this house. But the parents—they're going away for a Christmas party up a mountain, up a snowy mountain, mm-hmm. up a snowy mm-hmm. mountain of which there's a already one road up. Mm-hmm. Up a snowy mountain, or one road up, and it starts snowing. And what could possibly go it wrong? It was already there? snowing, but it was already snowing. Um, so the teenager. And boy are left home alone as these robbers try to take the painting in the secret room. It was really frustrating. Yeah? Is there like plot holes you want to bring up? Well, kind of. Yeah? Well, I don't know if it's even plot holes though. It's just like... Things that... That doesn't make sense. Questions. Ask these questions, Becky. So many questions. We are on a podcast. Let's figure them out. I mean, my first question, which is maybe a stupid, naive one, as someone... Who lives in Scotland and doesn't see snow that often? But when they move in, his new neighbour, who's so so cool, Mason, he's the coolest character in the film, in my opinion, um, is like making snowmen, building an igloo, doing all these really cool snow-related activities, and the other kids like, no, I just want to stay inside and play video games. 
And I just don't get it. And he wants to stay in and play video games all the time. But when he does venture out, he's walking down the street on his own. And he's just like, hey, happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Why is he, why is he, why is he being friendly to people if he doesn't like people? Yeah, I was about to say, his reluctance to go out and play with Mason in the snow is to do with the fact that he's anxious. He's an anxious character. The little boy is an anxious character. But yeah, you're right. He does then go around greeting everyone. Happy holidays. So like... it's They've tried to take all the fun qualities of Kevin McAllister, all the best, most endearing qualities, and tried to put them on... Old cunt face, young cunt face, and um, the, the, the 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 little boy in this film, who now on this podcast has been called a cunt face, and it, it the really just... young ch- ten year old child, ten year old in two thousand and twelve. It's okay. That's what like five years ago. He's fifteen now. He can ex- he can he can take insults like cunt face. Yeah. Um. It just yeah. It doesn't work. He's not cute. He's not um quirky he's not that creative um in his trickeries it's um because that's the the selling point of really home alone isn't it what holds the first home alone together is kevin McAllister. yeah um so what that's almost that's what makes almost the first one and the second one hold up even the second one if it was anyone else the second one might have flopped just because it was like had similar elements to the first one and stuff like that because it's him he holds it together um so like yeah i don't think they do too bad job considering it's a tv movie the kids are all right it could be a lot worse i don't know i thought i had a really punchable face yeah you sort of you wanted to punch the 10 year old child yeah and i didn't even believe i didn't even believe he was 10 i thought he was probably like 12 or something yeah yeah and I actually thought his sister was much cooler. She was really sassy, and I kind of wished that it had just been her on her own. And she probably would have done a better job because she didn't moan as much, and she was quite brave as well. Um, Why did Home Alone not do a Doctor Who? Home Alone 5 should have had the first... <laughs> what? Oh, the first female, yeah, I see. Yeah, should have had the first female... Pitch Home Alone Doctor Who crossover. <laughs> that would be bizarre. Um, nowhere, like, I feel like the problem with her, if she was the Home Alone character, she's a bit too old, isn't she? Because, like, the whole, the parents leave them to go to the Christmas party. Yeah, I guess, and, and she had permission to, to be left alone yeah, anyway. She's left to babysit. So, yeah, like, this is true. The, the, for the, the more scientific question for these uh, films is, like, at what specific age does it become... Nah, it's okay, kid. You're home alone. I really want like, to know how old that boy was as well when he was in the film. I'm sure we could figure that out, but come on. Yeah, it was just irritating. I didn't believe that he was ten. That's fair enough. I, I for a TV, I thought they weren't too bad. Like I was very aware throughout the whole of this, it was TV. They even had stops for commercial breaks. Yeah, like they're, yeah. They're like a, a scene will accumulate to like a cliffhanger. Yeah, and then it all cut to black, and then. Because we're not watching this. There's so much. I think the first thing that hits you is like, where's John Williams? Yeah. But it's TV, so they were never going to afford John Williams. John Williams, yeah, no, but... That's, that's the, like... Why are they still just... The Home Alone franchise is... Is one and two. And it's Kevin McAllister and John Williams. 
riding together honestly <laughs> that's it down a massive staircase because that is tradition and they took yeah they had the whole going down the stairs and a big basket thing and like oh, so many Aye. recreated there's a lot of references to the original um, there's like the basement yeah there's the fear of the basement yeah. parallel um, there's the montage of being left home alone and doing exciting stuff. Yeah, that's the um, that that's the montage is very uh, from the original. There's the aftershave joke which they invert in this one. Yeah, he shaves and then shaves he puts the aftershave on and he actually ah. doesn't find it hurts. Um, so they invert that. I guess the only thing I can say about that is it's better than just doing it again. Like, it would have been so easy for them just to go, oh, just do the after sh- after shave joke. Just do it. Just do it. Just, like, put your hands on your face and go, ah! But they didn't. They inverted it. I just wish they hadn't bothered. I, I wish they'd create... I wish but then, really, really, own. really, they maybe shouldn't just bothered with the whole film altogether. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's some of the traps a bit referendum. I like when the the bad guy, the robbers, because if you've seen Home Alone, it's pretty much that story, especially the climax. The robbers want to take, come into the, uh, get into the house. They want to steal a painting. Um, so the burglars are trying to get in. The Home Alone kid has set all the traps. By this point, the secret room, the teenage daughter's got locked in it, which is what takes away any um, help, like sense of responsibility or she, anything. He is Home Alone, yeah. Uh, even though she's like. Uh, phone mum and dad or the police and he's like oh no your phone's dead we can't do that and I'm like but charge your phone yeah charge your phone just go and charge up the phone or... charge your phone <laughs> <laughs> yeah why wouldn't you just charge why the phone have they not got a house phone 2012 I suppose it's plausible but whew, really just annoying. Maybe, but there's maybe. the there's the video game guy as well that's not yeah They're the main character the little boy is um, he plays with uh a video game, some sort of space shooter game, and he plays it with this person called Captain Overkill, something like that. Yeah, isn't it like Peter Hilsch or something? Simon? Oh, Is what, that the his real name? life name? Yeah, his character name, not oh. the video game name. <laughs> I don't know, I missed that. But um, I feel like they, they don't, they kind of put it in as like a plot point quite early on, and they sort of allude to it every so often Captain Overkill Captain Overkill I really did thought it would end up being Malcolm McDonald be ended up being yeah, a bad or, guy or um, Crabman like, from My Name is Earl yeah who's one of I the feel villains. like more Martin McDonald because then it'll be like because um, then like in the original the joke is the, that the they, they underestimated the kid and that he's actually smarter than they um, um, the burglars in the first Home Alone uh, don't realise how smart Kevin McAllister is in this one, it would be like a, a an add-on, like almost a what's the word, a way to invert that slightly by finding that he's the because uh, Captain Overkill is like a really good he's, he's he can't defeat Captain Overkill on the video game. So if it turned out he was the bad guy the whole time, that would almost raise the stakes because here's a person who is just as smart as yeah. the kid. Um, so I thought that maybe that would be a good reveal. That'd be the the turning point. It was like, oh, hang on a second, this guy's. Not just good at like burgling houses in real life, but he's also strategic, because that's what Kevin McAllister has that the burglars don't. He's strategic. Because when they get to the the first trap, the first trap is the icy floor in front of the door, but like 
That was done in the first one, isn't it? Mm-hmm. They inverted by the guy spotted it straight away and going, don't step on that, that's an icy trap. So, like, they they build up, like, Matt and Madonna, who's yeah. already a cool And they also actor. don't realise, they don't realise anyone's in the house. They think it's a ghost. They think yeah. it's a ghost of the dead leg. Jim, the um, bootlegger that the house belonged to. Yeah. I, another thing I don't understand, why in this one was there three villains? Like, I just didn't see the need for the woman. Yeah. Because there was Crabman from My Name is Earl. And you say that was the first female guest on this podcast. I know. Cut off the woman. But not because she was a woman, just because as characters went, she had no sort of purpose. Yeah, at least the Crabman from My Name is Earl was the safe cracker. Yeah. And And good at opening doors. Yeah, Braun. And the old guy was like, he was the one that had found out that the painting was in here and he was at the mastermind behind it all. Uh, And it was his family's painting. And then there was just the woman. And all she did was get stuck in a window and then try and block him in a car. Yeah, because like, you'd think it would be anti-feminist to like, want to cut out the woman because she's not needed but like she wasn't good feminist representation anyway because yeah, she the spent whole... the whole film trying to reconnect with this car- unseen off screen character who used to be like a partner villain yeah and she just was crying over him all the time and trying to phone him all the time which turned into a really unfunny joke where she's where he phones finally phones back to reply to her messages yeah she's been phoning for the whole film she tries to rekindle the love but and like she's, she's like, oh, I've got so much stuff to say to you. Uh, and she's having snowballs thrown at her by a little, the little kid Mason, next door. Yeah, Mason, yeah, And she's cursing at the little kid and, and going, like, shut up, go away. Go and away. he thinks, uh-oh, he thinks, no, you're going to love this, Peggy. He thinks on the phone right, that she's talking call. to him when she's actually talk, telling the kid to go away. And that's what, that, that took like three or four scenes to yeah, build that up. Yeah, there was a up. lot of snowballs being thrown. No, no, three of no. I specifically mean three or four scenes of them building up this her and Steve oh, yeah, relationship. Yeah, was, yeah, it comes up yeah. a lot. Like but, that yeah, she has never... this person, and it's all building up to that unfunny joke. Mm. Yes, and that woman was the villain in Beethoven's Second. She was like the woman, the mastermind that kidnapped them, and she was so scary. Like, so she was good in that. She was the yeah. She um, God, you would not have wanted to mess with her, not one bit. So we know that she's a good. She was just wasted in this. Yeah, she was really wasted. Oh yeah, I didn't understand the, the additional vil. Yeah, I get on that. Uh, I have some questions for the plot. Uh, one of the main ones is safety, and it's to question a really specific scene. But it's a, I want to know what's behind the the mind of this store clerk in the DIY store when he goes to the DIY store. The joke is he goes to the DIY store. He needs stuff to help get break his sister out the safe, uh, the secret room she's stuck in. So he brings all of these things together onto the trolley, and it turns out to be over two thousand dollars. And he can't afford that, and he's like, "What can I get for a dollar fifty? And comes away with string. My problem with the store clerk at that point is he's okay with the little kid buying chainsaws. Walking into a store on his own. Buying chainsaws. Allegedly aged 10. Early 12. 
he's okay. The only problem that the guy has is that he hasn't got can't enough afford. money. Yeah. It's like, that's okay, kid. You can have the chainsaw. Oh, wait, you can't afford it? Well, <laughs> All you can have is some string. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe that's just the mindset of people in Maine. Maybe. Like, I'm just trying to... I'm running a business here. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe it's just like, oh, you know, a chainsaw? That's what a kid should get for their second birthday. Come on, man. Yeah, maybe that's how they do it. You haven't got a chainsaw. And it it's like a French a with wine They've probably got loads of Christmas trees. Get them trained young. Aye. Cutting down Christmas trees. We all know how useful it would have been if Kevin was better at cutting down Christmas trees in the first... Exactly. Home Alone film. So then it wouldn't have been squint. He also is probably going to try and defend himself with those tools, which is quite horrific. Yeah, oh jeez. If he tried to do that. Brutal. Um, you have some of the traps. Some of the traps thought were very precise. One scene, really shit. They were, they were quite shit. They, were, they weren't as imaginative as the first one. Some of them were Definitely. recreations. Yeah, yeah. But most of them involved something falling on them like one of them was just like he put like a lubricant on the window that slides up and down so that when the woman <clears throat> tried to open the window to get inside it just fell shut again well, and that was like her biggest scene in the film <laughs> like she gets stuck in that window when she tries to prop it open she goes to grab the nutcracker mm-hmm. to try and prop the window open she grabs that and that activates a trap. Yeah, the knock. Yeah. And you're like, how could you have seen? I don't it's like. Just... This is ridiculous because the first home alone has like that sort of. But some of them are well. brilliant. Like you know when he throws the paint cans down the stairs. Ah, mm. oh, genius. And then she goes to grab a chair to prop for some reason, and the yeah, tra- so she chair tries to pull herself through the, the window with this chair that's sitting in the middle of the room. A master strategist who knows he's in the mind of the villain who can. Figure out exactly what she's going to grab. She's the nutcracker, and then she's going to grab this chair. And it all really, really quickly, all this has happened in the time that his sister got locked in the basement and his parents weren't coming home. And his parents said, oh, it's really late, they're probably in bed. Hmm. So, what was speaking, a couple of hours? That included going to the, the, yeah. the tool store. At least in the first home alone, there's like, and the second one. There's a very specific sort of... Yeah, she's on Oh, the... well, I'm at the shop buying my macaroni. Hmm. And then the chimes start. So he's like, oh, it's seven o'clock. I'm well, like, the reason they're there so that he has that many days is because she goes over to Paris. Like, they go over to France, don't they? The mother yeah, of the yeah, person yeah. goes over to yeah. France. But um, even still, it all, no, it all happens on Christmas Eve. Because he's like at the... Not the whole the film. Though. Not the whole film, but right. in the time that he does all these, like at least there's um, structure behind it. Like you, you can follow the follow parallels. The, yeah. Of, yeah, like the parallel stories that are going on at once. I, because it's like they had their goal when they were writing the script. They had their goal. Like we need to get this kid home alone. That's kind of our only goal here because it's called Home Alone. So they write right. Have to backwards engineer it because there's a lot of things that go on at the same time. Like uh, the family have to, the parents go over to the Christmas party, but they don't take the kids because the kids are like, Being annoying, yeah. uh, we don't want to go to this Christmas party because we miss our old home in California. Okay, well, maybe you should just stay here, home alone. The mother's almost like, tell, almost like instructing them to be home alone. It's like, yeah. Maybe you guys should just stay here then. Just stay home alone. Yeah, they Why? said home alone so many times Why? in the film. Just, just stay here, home alone five holiday heist. Just stay here, home alone. <laughs> um, 
And then even when they're driving, they're like, I will we right to leave them home alone? Uh, and obviously, the, the, they, 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 they're like, oh my God, we're home alone. Because the, the problem these films have to dance around is making it, um, leaving the kid home alone without making the parents seem neglectful. Mm-hmm. And it's up and down. The third one, leaving the kid at home sick, seems a bit... But, oh, I was going to say that happens to Ferris Bueller, but he's uh, he's a bit older, isn't he? <laughs> he's a teenager. <laughs> um, the first one is like, the first one is really, it's not great. She does, it does kind of seem neglectful, but you kind of balance it out by the fact that the mother is clearly very distressed yeah, that this has happened. Yeah, and it was an accident. But, yeah, in, in Homeland 5 Holiday Heist, the um it is it is really neglectful like because kids 10 well that sister must be what like f- right. 14 it's not as neglectful because of the teenage sister i don't think but they've got the new this brand new house which he's clearly terrified of because he thinks it's haunted mm. they don't know the neighborhood they don't know any of the neighbors no yeah do you know what in the third one she there is a neighbor she's like i'll leave you home alone sick I'll leave you home alone three sick. But if anything happens... Home alone three sick, because that's the tagline of home alone three. <laughs> home alone three sick. <laughs> They're just they're getting lazy with the... Just throw the reason in the title. That way people will know. Uh, there's a... There, there well, that was the tagline of home alone two, lost in New York. Yes. <laughs> it was home alone five who got it wrong. Holiday heist. That's uh, got nothing to do with... Home alone five, home, babysitting home alone... teenage sister gets stuck in the... Secret room in the basement. Home Alone 5, new boss is having a party. Up the mountain. <laughs> I like the fact that the mother is the vice president of something. Yeah? You're the vice president of this company. And that her husband gets mistaken for the butler. <laughs> yeah, because of the tie he's wearing. <laughs> he's wearing a tie. Something like... I wanted, like, Home Alone 5, we want, we were going to, we both hadn't seen it, so like, okay, let's watch it. And I was like, let, I want to give this a chance, because Home Alone 5 sounds like such a bad idea, like, to, like, yeah. of a film. I want to give it a chance. And do you know what? Sometimes this film hit it well. Yeah. Like, this film does do good I sometimes. I actually, given it respect, dutifully, um, I think it's better than the third and fourth. It doesn't do a bad job. It's sometimes the jokes are lame. A lot of the jokes around the, the dad are lame. I loved the dad. I thought he was a good I thought little the bit dad of a wasn't too kind bad. But they gave uh, they gave He was him so lame. I quite enjoyed some it. Some lame jokes like the snowblower. He's trying to clear the drive of a like a snow shifter blower I enjoyed thing. that bit. He was he was definitely like a Jerry. Like a Rick and Morty Jerry. Rick, he's like Jerry from Rick and Morty. Yeah. If they did a live action, he wouldn't be a bad cast. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I liked the dad. And I liked um, the video game guy. Hmm. Peter. Because it turns out the the guy who's uh, Captain Overkill is uh, some guy who college, plays video games yeah. all day. He's a college... Just sits around in his one bed f- right. bed sit. Who isn't really aware that the kid he's... Uh, the person he's fighting against is just a 10-year-old kid. Um, yeah, he's a. And he's he eventually enjoyable. saves. He saves them. Aye, because there's been a mix-up. Uh, oh no! Wait, actually, they save themselves. It's kind of it's it's hard plot to keep up with when you're trying to explain it. Because there's a mix-up. Because the the gamer tries to help the kid. He realizes the kid uh, the kid's in trouble, so he tries to help the kid. 
by phoning them, he finds finds out that somehow with hacker ha- yeah, hacks to find the, out the number of the mother and um, phone her to say that the kid's in trouble. But there's a mishap, and it's a very, very millennial, late millennial mishap. It was quite funny though. I chortled aloud at that point. <laughs> because <laughs> he accidentally makes himself sound like uh he's the one in danger yeah though. he says like he's like oh no i'm really sorry i've befriended your son on the internet and your daughter's locked in the basement <laughs> and then this this SWAT team arrive she, she the mother really sells the distressing <laughs> over the top reaction afterwards <laughs> what i was she says i love the quote she says at that point I will destroy you or something like that because <laughs> she thinks this guy is putting her kid in danger I will destroy you uh, he does so much to help and he's also like just let me phone the police and the kid's and like no I can't spray. give you my address because you're a stranger yeah but yeah yeah. so the SWAT team arrive he's sitting up playing video games eating his noodles why doesn't the address is stupid isn't it because he asks for the address and then he says stranger danger but then he finds the number for a credit card information. Yeah, why did he not just find the, the address, address and from give the that credit to the police? I wondered that as well. Um, so that's well, like that's a that's a plot point in Home Alone Five yeah. Holiday Heist. Yeah, that is. Um, we'll we'll let them off of that one because at the end of the day, it is Home Alone Five Holiday Heist later. TV. I don't know because there's a lot of things that I really didn't let them away with. There are so many just like bad. What's that word again? Continuity hmm. errors. Like um, when he gets up in the middle of the night and he's like, oh, I'm really scared of this house. Can I sleep with you guys? And they're like, no, go back to bed. And he goes back to bed and his bed's perfectly made. If you woke up scared cool in the that. middle of the night, there were so many. And like when he, he makes these, this is one of the, uh, one of his tricks to get the, um, the bad guys. Because Crab Man from My Name is Earl he ate the cookie the last time he came into the house. The gingerbread man. So he makes gingerbread men. I don't know many ten-year-old kids would be that good at baking, <laughs> but he puts like chili and stuff, and he puts glue out instead of the milk. But he puts the oven isn't on. He puts them in the oven, and the oven is not on. <laughs> I never noticed And then he that. took them out of the oven, and they were cooked, but the oven was never on. <laughs> <sighs> you can't cook gingerbread man with an off oven. I'm sorry, Becky. I'm going to have to cut you off right there. We seem to have our first caller in on the Second Opinion podcast. Uh, hello, who are you and where are you calling from? Hey, I'm a disgruntled listener uh, calling from Budapest, and I'd like to complain about Danny's views on Guardians of the Galaxy 1. Um, from Budapest, do you say? Yes, from Budapest. I know I don't have an accent, but I assure you I am from Budapest. As a massive fan of the podcast, I've actually had a question I've always wanted to ask. What's the... Sorry, I hope this is good audio. It's really hard to hear and speak. Um, what is the question you've always wanted to ask? Well, what's your favourite on-screen yawn? What's my favourite what? On-screen yawn. On-screen yawn? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't think I put much thought into it, to be honest. Um, Can you think of one some good off the top Danny, of your head? I, I can't off the top of my head. That's a that's a tricky question. I've never <laughs> never really thought about it for at, long at all. You guys are the worst. I'm gonna assume Ben has listened to a few podcasts. So sorry, that's a more advice to 
listened to a few podcasts and she knows how to set up a bit. And so I think what Becky's going to do now is she's going to tell us what her favourite yawn in a movie is. I was, I was hoping to be asked, asked back for a second guest slot to delve into that further. Oh, she's, that's, that requires a whole episode. Uh, the yawning episode. <laughs> yeah, the yawning episode. This is what I've been waiting for. Well, I have a question, Scott. What is it? Oh. Uh, for the Scott Free trilogy, we've been talking about um, over. I've been asking people the best instalments of a trilogy. What is the best instalment of a trilogy? First, second, or third? Uh, I'd probably go first, just because of you know things like Lord of the Rings. But at the same time, you got Spider Man Two. Uh, you got Empire Strikes Back. Back to the Future one's better though. So yeah, I don't know. I, I I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go first. I'm gonna go first, okay. just off the top of my head right now. Well, that's that's really awkward because Becky's actually the second instalment in the Scott Free trilogy. So really how do you feel Becky. offending Becky? <laughs> Amazing. Uh, no, I mean, I mean, you know, second movies sometimes aren't great, but Becky is always a hoop to be around. So, I'm glad if anyone's replacing me on the podcast, I'm glad it's her. How do you feel about this, Becky? Was that apology adequate enough? I felt quite emotional, actually. It was beautiful, thank you. I think think we're all friends here. All friends across from Britain to Budapest. Um, Amazing. Well, I don't know... So you guys are going to talk about Home Alone. Home Alone 5. Home Alone 5. Home Alone 5. Okay. That's the one with... uh, Martin McDowell's in that movie. Isn't yeah, it? yes, he is. Oh, I'm excited. I'm excited. See, that's because I haven't listened to uh, I haven't listened to Lost River yet because I actually want to watch Lost River first. But uh, I have no issue with listening to you guys talk about Home Alone Five. But <laughs> I haven't seen it. It's okay. You have no issue. You're gonna want to watch it. Will Will you listen to the podcast and then you'll be able to know whether you should watch it or not. Uh, you can watch it all the way from Budapest. All the way from Budapest. Yeah, I guess I should probably, because I feel like this is going to be just bad audio for people to listen to. So maybe I should let you guys get back to it. Bye, uh, Noble. I miss you, Scott. Noble. What's that? I miss you. I miss you guys too. I can't I wait till we can go out and play. Um, but after this, I'm going to Bratislava, which is exciting. So I have one more day here. And then off to see what I don't know. What do you call people who live in Bratislava? Bratislavians. Rats. Don't call them rats. Bratislavians. <laughs> Probably won't do that when I'm there. No. Right now. Um, cool. Well, I, I'm I, I'm kind of wandering further and further away from the bar we were in, and I am becoming more aware of how little I actually know about Budapest, how safe it is to be in these areas. So I'm gonna go back to the fun time. Stay safe, Scott Morrison. Thank you for calling in, uh, listener, um, Scott Morrison. Uh, Please get in in touch again with the the podcast and uh, enjoy Budapest and the rest of Europe. Get thinking about those yards. I can't wait to return. I really can't. I I miss you guys very, very much. It's actually, I I always realise how much, when I'm away, how much I actually love Scotland. Everything's 
Everything's real nice there. Everything's real easy. Everything's confusing here. No one knows what I'm saying. It's tough. That makes me silence. Cool. I'll see you later, Mr. Scott Morrison. Amazing. Back Bye, everyone. Line from the song. Oh. Like, have you got a favourite? I've got quite a few, actually. Like, there was a few that made me laugh. I noticed a few of them down. Um, what well, really throw away one from the beginning is I've seen Christmas before. Because um, <laughs> I can't even remember what the context was now. But it was quite... Oh, that's annoying because that's going to not seem as funny out of context. Uh, when they believe the house is haunted, um, the kid asks, is that a ghost? And the mother goes, no, that is... That's not a ghost, that's a retailer. <laughs> I'm not going to quote these lines because they don't sound as funny. I'm really hearing that out loud as I'm saying them. They don't sound as funny as they did in it. Uh, but uh, Snow is awesome. That's probably my favourite quote. Snow is awesome. And I've got to... I mean, he does realise at the end how cool Snow is, but what kid doesn't know how awesome Snow is? Especially the one from California. Uh, they've moved from California to Maine and he doesn't want to fucking go and build a snowman probably and he's the first time he's ever 10 seen years snow. old allegedly I just that's the biggest plot hole for me my uh, like plot holes and continuity errors can be one thing but at the end of the day you you know it's just a whole like a TV film so it can be hard to yeah. to, to, to know but my I feel like there is a, a thing at the end that is kind of weirdly problematic because it's almost blatant because like they find the piece of art in the basement. They yeah. find out it exists. And the dad comes in and says, like, yes, was turns out it was worth $85 million. And they're like, oh. and they're like the reward yeah. is some museum tickets to see it for free. <laughs> Not valid on holidays. Holidays or Sundays. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Sundays. Um, would you like, on a side note, he like was super were, excited about it. He uh, <laughs> was super excited about these free museum tickets. Uh, on a side note, I feel like they've been very gypped. Like, if you found $85 million painting yeah, in your was... basement of your new house, I feel like you would but have some sort of money. But I feel like that adds to his, his, you know, goofy dad character of uh, being like a Jerry, where he's just like, oh, okay, well, I'll take the museum passes. That's but the fine. problematic, almost blatantly problematic part of that part of the film is that um, the mother then goes, oh, like, it doesn't matter. It's Christmas. Christmas isn't about material things. All that matters is da- that we are together and we are safe. And the dad's like, but we maybe got $30,000 for turning in the burglars. <laughs> Shopping's free for yeah. us all. And you're like, fucking hell, you didn't wait at all, long uh, at all to go whole, back on yeah. your materialist. Suddenly it's, let's buy the laptop. They're filming, um, they're filming the kid outside playing in the snow with on his new, new friend camera. on the shiny new camera. And what present are you going to open first? Uh, the oh, laptop, no. the laptop she wants. The super expensive laptop she asked for at the beginning, she gets it, and he gets. Because of that, when we come down to it, it's all about material goods. It is. That, well, that's, that's what Christmas is, is about. That's all Christmas is about. I feel like you maybe can't argue that when you're trying to you're trying to like make money off a by that point twenty two year old franchise with a fifth installment. Twenty two, yeah, yeah. Like if maybe that's maybe you maybe the writers realised we can't really argue. The money isn't important when we are very specifically doing this for money <laughs> like no one's yeah, making home alone fun. five for the art so the other thing is when the dad reveals that they've handed in this painting that was worth 85 million turns out the painter of the film who's the painter 
Munich. 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 The painter of the scream. And then he does the, like, the scream gesture, which is the massive thing for the aftershave joke in the first film. Like does you, the scream. You almost can't think of Home Alone without thinking Kevin McAllister with yeah, his, with hands, his hands, hands on his, his cheek going, ah! And then Home Alone 5, Holiday Heist, they have an original Munch painting in their basement. The painter of the scream. I just thought that was beautiful. The, the, to differentiate the painting, the screen, that's one of the, one of the most famous painters of all time. Hmm. With the freaky guy, what is it? I think he's on a, he's by the sea or something, isn't he? He's holding his hand and he's screaming. Like, it's a weird parallel, isn't it? It's, yeah, yeah. Why has that been tied back to number one Christmas film of all time? In fact, just number one film of all time. Yeah, it's, it's a bizarre reference. Maybe that's something we should look into further. Not right now, obviously, but... You know, just as a hobby. I'd love to know what the um, connection is. Maybe the the guy who painted Scream just really liked Home Alone. Uh, that's probably exactly Yeah, that's it probably is. it. I don't, I don't have his number. I, couldn't. I um... This is obviously cashing on Home Alone with all these Home Alone references and the fact it's called Home Alone. But I did get other vibes. I got a bit of a Goonies vibe from this at certain times. Especially right, yeah, painting in the basement. Painting and, in the yeah. well, there for them it's the attic. I the believe. creepy, yeah, they find yeah, and the yeah. I mean, can you get attic. much more like dead leg Jim sounding yeah, like one yeah. eye Willie? Yeah. And when they're trying to find secret basements, like yeah, just felt like not a lot. Obviously, they don't go on the adventure, but like there was just a bit, of, especially trap no doors. Truffle and, shuffle. There's no truffle shuffle. That was Which, disappointing. Yeah, it was. Just, that's really what I was hoping for from Home um, Five Holiday Heist. And the did they ever say die? They probably um, brought it up. It was probably on their minds at some point. It was probably on their minds. Yeah. All right. Um, Unlike the Goonies, who never say die. No, never say it. Uh, there was a, another thing that really annoyed me was this safe that was hidden in. You had to like. The first time he found it was by like climbing this bookcase, which was a little bit like in Home Alone when he climbs up Buzz's bookshelf. Yeah, for the for the spider. Is it? Oh no, it's for the for the for the money. money yeah, yeah for the money. Um, so he climbs up this bookshelf, and then all of a sudden it like falls backwards, like falls open, and then there's this safe. It's it's Scooby Doo. But yeah, but then when the the bad guys come back, Crab Man and um, the old guy are like. Oh, it must be behind this bookshelf, and it takes like both of them with like all their might <laughs> to open this door. Bookshelf. Whereas this kid just touched it and it fell open, and it happens again when the kid goes back and he's just like, "Oh, it's right behind this bookshelf. Let me just." He does forget to mention that to anyone. Because I thought the the film might have been over a lot quicker if you went, "Mom, Dad, I found this safe." <laughs> yeah. At the back There's of this a thing. Safe in the basement. And they're Do like, come and see it. Holy crap. Yeah, he just doesn't tell them. No. He can he, he almost forgets because like He's a bit of an idiot, yeah, to be honest. He is. because uh, he mentioned he like he only gets brought up again. He finds the safe. He runs away. He believes everything's haunted. And then he um He mentions it to the teenager, but I can't remember why. He's like Something about the secret room in the basement, almost passively, and she's like, "What are you talking about? The secret room in the basement? What do you? What the fuck do you? What are you talking about? 
what are you talking about, brother? What do you mean a secret room in the basement? And then he's like, yeah, yeah, come see the secret. Yeah, here it is, the secret room in the basement. You're like... Well, it would have been much easier if you'd just shown your parents that a couple of days ago. <clears throat> he's an idiot. My favourite quote from the whole film was when she goes into the the sister, when she goes into the safe, and there's the sign above the like big giant wine rack that says... Touch my hoop, touch my hooch and regret it. Sign dead leg. Touch my hooch and you'll regret it. Why is that your uh, favourite line, Becky? Because I don't know. I just want to get a poster that says that. That says that and put Why it that? above my wine rack. Touch my hooch and regret it. <laughs> I don't know. It just really resonates with me. I don't know if you've ever had somebody touch your hooch uninvited. <laughs> 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 Back to it Donald was, Trump again. The hooch was definitely um, alcohol, not his actual hooch. <laughs> he didn't like have a big poster up that was like this. This hooch ain't for your. <laughs> no, he definitely didn't. That was definitely not his intention. That was definitely not the intention. Yeah, of it was about his, five his bottles. Hikes. That's how she actually got locked in the basement because yeah. she ignored this big sign which blatantly told her that if she touched his hooch that she would regret it and she touches the hooch and it closes the safe door and locks it but do you think she regretted it she probably well she had to re- reach that reading it, crime and punishment which no, is a random joke it was joke. war and peace war and peace war and peace yeah yeah that was yeah that was a bizarre joke random but um she if she hadn't got locked in that safe, do you think they would have survived? Because they probably wouldn't have been able to lock those two guys in the basement if she hadn't been in there mm. and able to touch his hooch again. That time she didn't regret it. Because she touches his hooch a second time when Crab Man and the old man get in. Get into the safe. To she the touches room. the hooch again and it But this time she knows what it does so she, she, runs, out, to, yeah. she runs out and locks, locks them, them in. Them in. And that's how the police get there. Yeah. The police fall for the trap. Yeah, they... <laughs> which you've never yeah, seen in a Home weird. Alone film. Yeah, the police run onto the icy doorstep. The one that the bad the guys were savvy enough to avoid. The police just went for God, it. The police are reasonable. And then the policeman goes, not again or something, doesn't he? Yeah. He says not again, which is a really... A strange thing to throw back to. Ah, he's like... Maybe there is going to be a sequel, Home Alone... Six, which is actually a prequel, <laughs> and we find out Called how holiday not heisted yet. <laughs> holiday unheisted, uh, and um, pre-holiday heist. <laughs> we find out what happened to the police and why they've previously slipped on an icy doorstep. So maybe we should make it. Yeah, shall we make Home Alone Six? How do you get the rights to do that? Do you know we'll probably find out tomorrow that Home Alone Six exists. Oh, to stop it. I feel like Home Alone sequels just seem to materialise when someone talks about them. It's like, well, what about Home Alone 5? What do you mean there's a Home Alone 5? Shut up. I just, I do, honestly, I think it was better than 3 and 4, even though I can't really remember 3. I just remember hating it. Um, And I I quite liked the two villains, apart from the woman who didn't make any sense. Hmm. Like, Cramman's just cool anyway. But the thing that was missing was the fear of those two villains. Because in the first Home Alone film, like, um, while they were making it, Macaulay Culkin was 
genuinely petrified of Joe Pesci. Yeah, I've heard of that. He, he, uh, he used to keep distance from him. Keep and distance, and yeah, yeah, I'd genuinely be really frightened when he was around him. So the fear in Home Alone One between Kevin McAllister and the villains is real, whereas you didn't have that in the second one. Hmm. The first one's also sort of like slightly more edgy. Like even the traps, it's just yeah, like there's like an edge definitely to them. deathly. There's a YouTube the massive, video. Ah, yeah, I've a YouTube seen that. Video. The, the yeah. death count kill. I might have even linked you in that. I can't remember. But like, um, there's a YouTube one that's like Home Alone death count kill. That that explains exactly how it would just kill. Yeah, well, the traps yeah, yeah. would just kill him. And like the massive screw on the the nail on the stairs. Oof. And in the first one, you've got the spider, of course, which oh, genuinely spider. was on his face. He had a spider, yeah. massive spider on his face. And he had to have his mouth open because he was screaming. But he didn't actually scream in the recording because that would have scared the spider. So he just had to like lie with a massive oh. spider on his face and his mouth wide open. And then they dubbed in the scream. Yeah, you want my fun fact of the day. <laughs> that is, there's a lot of fun facts for Home Alone. Yeah, there's so many because it's just a friggin' masterpiece. It's good. It's a good film. Home Alone's a good film. It did influence a lot of 90s family film. Like mm-hmm. a lot of nineties family film when you go back is very home alone. Can especially the traps, yeah, the smart yeah. aleck kid. They quote the Kevin McAllister uh populated the smart aleck kid. Smart like Alec it exploded kid. in the nineties, there were so many imitators for it. I'm trying to think of other ones. Well like, like most of um Macaulay Culkin's career after that was being Kevin McAllister. Yeah. Like doing Richie Rich and yeah. He did do that one where he was a killer, though, didn't he? What was that one called? There was the one... It was Richie Rich, the one when he was quite a bit older. And there's Uncle Buck. Uncle was that Buck. pre-Home Alone? Ooh. I think Uncle Buck was pre-Home Alone. Well, they're both John Hughes, so like... Oh, John Hughes, God rest his soul. All the best ones were John Hughes. And it was directed by Christopher Columbus, mm-hmm. who then went on and did Harry, Harry Potter, Potter. Uh, one, two, yeah, one and two. So, and obviously John Williams, as you mentioned before, it's called. Oh, quite a master of music. Quite a superstar film. Yeah, film. I really didn't enjoy the soundtrack to uh, Home Alone Five Holiday Heights. Yeah, the soundtrack was a bit clumsy. Sometimes it seemed way too loud. It was really loud. Like, we weren't sure if that was the copy. But then sometimes the music was okay. So it yeah. just seemed like sometimes it was maybe leveled wrong. Like almost to the point where you were struggling to hear what the characters were saying. Did you find any um, any of them quite tidy? I thought his dad was quite hot. Sister was alright, but I think she was a bit too young. Yeah, that's a weird thing to say. <laughs> oh yeah, the biggest like the first thing when I was watching it that made me just think I was going to despise it um, was when they got out of the car in Maine and they were standing out in the freezing snow and they had no jackets. Yeah. And they, they and just then... moved from California. Yeah, and they were like standing outside shivering. Mm. And it was like, you've packed all your stuff and you've known you move, you're moving somewhere that's super snowy. Why would you not just have your jacket in the car? Yeah, like, yeah. I suppose I guess it's supposed to show that they're out of comfort zone and like they're they're in a completely different place, completely different climate. But it's kind of bizarre, kind of especially because they're shivering and all. You can feel in that moment it feels like acting Mm. rather than acting. 
acting. Don't know if that sounds really pretentious. <laughs> like it feels that they feel very much feel like two actors on screen rather than they feel like any sort of sense of reality. Yeah. Touch my hooch and regret. Next. My last question for Home Alone is what is Becky Kirkness's pitch for Home Alone 6? How would you get the kid home alone if you were trying to write another one? Kill the parents. Ooh. I'd go down like super dark. Parents are dead. He's got nothing to lose. He will just go to town. Like, even worse than Kevin McAllister did. So it's like a more of a revenge action film. Um, not even revenge because it's just some sort of little stupid kid whose parents are dead and he's still just floating about the house. And then... So the kid, because the parents it. died in the house? Yeah, the parents are dead in the house, yeah. That's really dark. Did How are they, How did they die? Of an explosion. But the dad didn't take out the house. <laughs> no, just the parents. <laughs> he's... He tried to... Okay, I guess he can't take it out of the house because otherwise it would be on this flat place of land He alone. was making gingerbread men, but this time he did put the oven on because he's not a total idiot like in Home Alone 5 Holiday ah. Heist. And uh, the parents are like, oh, that's a delicious smell of gingerbread man. I didn't make any, did you? No. Oh my God, it must have been the kid. <laughs> the kid. <laughs> but... You know, the one. <laughs> the one that you had. Remember that kid? Our, our one. Um, so they go to investigate this mysterious smell of gingerbread and the oven explodes in their faces and they die there and then and he's like it's, there's just so many he's riddled with guilt because technically it's his fault um, he's a little bit shocked yeah and like he'd go to the shop to buy like dinner because his parents are dead and there's no food left and the shopkeeper would be like you can't pay by check because you're a kid and then he'd go back to, like without any food because he's got no money and at what point does he yeah, start he's... eating the parents? Oh no, that that doesn't. Jesus, not monster. <laughs> it sounds quite monstrous around the Willow Bill. Anyway, why is my thing crossing the line? I don't understand. So when the the but of course there's always going to be the um is you know guardian angel who oh, yeah. in Home Alone Five Holiday Heist was this random video game yeah um guy. So in Home Alone Six, that would be. <laughs> his lo- the lollipop lady the local lollipop lady um, who yeah eventually saves him from the burglars and realises that his parents are dead and invites him round on Christmas day so he's not alone on Christmas Aww, day that is a heartwarming <laughs> and wraps a up, really sick <laughs> wraps really up the meaning behind oh yeah but in this one it goes back to the first one when he's got like six brothers and sisters um, and they're all at a sleepover. They've been around... <laughs> no, they've been at camp. They've been at camp. Oh, okay. Yeah. And they all realise that they're, oh no, mum and dad's dead, but they've got each other. And they're little lollipop ladies on Christmas Day. And she makes a mean gingerbread man. Not, not as mean as his one. <laughs> no, he is. sinister gingerbread man. Uh, Unintentionally, but... Uh, yeah, that's, that's quite a different <laughs> approach to Home Alone. <laughs> I'm uh, not sure what Jolly John Williams could do to brighten that one up. So that's uh, this week's episode of Second Opinion. Um, 
great to have you on, Miss Becky Curtis. It was really fun. Please invite me back for the yawning episode. You can come back for the yawning episode. Or um, you have to find a film that that had a lot of yawning to well, talk about. Well, the one I like, you know, in uh, Toy Story Two, the best one, when they go around to um, what's his name, the guy that collects all the toys. Wayne Knight. No, um, Al's Al. Right, Al's he's played by Wayne Knight. I oh, don't right, remember okay. the character. Al, Al from Al's Toy Store. And he's like sleeping, and he's like, <sighs> it's not really a yawn, but like he drops. His it's mouth. not a yawn. It's Drop. supposed to one but qualification. Is that a yawn? Because like he's sleeping and he moves his mouth, so it's like a sleep yawn. <laughs> snoring. Some people. Like that. <laughs> I feel like you. I feel like you should come back for the snoring episode. Not the, the snoring not episode. The yawning episode. The yawning. Okay. Uh, I suppose I'll need to put some more thought into it. To be honest, I just I just wondered what your yawning policy was, and that's how it led to wondering what the best yawn on screen is. I still never found out your yawning policy, but fortunately, I don't think I yawned during that hour. So no, and as you say you yawn more and more and more, it's supposed to make you. Oh yeah, don't oh shit, don't think about it. We're gonna yawn now. <laughs> well, why don't we yawn? Why don't we yawn after the end of the episode? after the end? Yeah, okay, we'll save save so, all our uh, yawns. We have a we have a, a sign off. It's um. I've had to explain it to Michael Kelly as well. It's uh, eat your J.K. Simmons. Can I say it? Yes. Well, I'll encourage. I'll say it, and then you say it, and then it's it's signed off. Okay. Right. Okay. Uh, it's from an old. It's from a trivia thing, and we've explained it a couple of times now. Where it turns out, do you know who J.K. Simmons is? Uh, is he related to J.K. Rowling? No. Uh, <laughs> nobody's usually related by first initials. Uh, he's the guy in Spider Man who wants pictures of Spider Man. Okay. He's. He actually voices the yellow M&M in uh, all the adverts. Oh, he's a cool... I like the yellow He's a cool guy. Um, So we always sign off with Eat Your J.K. Simmons. Okay. Eat Your J.K. Simmons. Eat Your J.K. Simmons. That's good, good. Um, Hope you come back. Thanks. Bye. Would be like heaven to me.